Well, uh, I've invited a couple of people to um, share um, just some of the things that God did for them over our camp last weekend. Um, and, uh, and then I'd like just to share some, uh, just some reflections. I know that um, a big chunk of you weren't at camp, um, but it was a really significant weekend for us as a church community. And, um, and God did some beautiful stuff and lots and lots of lives. And it was um, a very healing time, uh, a very powerful time. And so the first person I've invited to share is Charlotte. So she's going to um, throw out a nappy by the looks of things and uh, <laughs> make her way with great dignity up here. Let's give Charlotte a warm uh, round of applause. Hello, big people. <laughs> There's 17 small people out there, and it's on. <laughs> ah, um, so I just want to share um, about my prayer that I received on Saturday night of camp, and that was really special for me because, one, it was just a treat to be in church, and um, I feel like because I didn't get there much, I kind of saved everything up. But um, it was really special because uh, it, um, what Steve was speaking about um, coming, stepping into the light and speaking about bringing forth your best self and bringing forth your worst self and that um, Jesus receives both of them, which really spoke to me. And he shared the picture of um, Lazarus walking out of the tomb and it really struck me as I was listening to that, that Lazarus walked out whole. You know, he wasn't limping and he wasn't um, missing his arm and he didn't have something wrong with his face. He actually walked out as a full, whole person. And in my heart, that's just been my cry for a number of years to be whole and to experience wholeness. And it's been a long journey. And I don't want this testimony to end up being about what I've done, but it was just so lovely to be met by God in that long journey. And so I've... um, done all the right things. I've gone to see a counsellor and I've got a spiritual mentor and I'm doing great mental health things and physical things and and I've been doing that for a number of years but it just felt so um, reassuring and encouraging to have Jesus meet me in that journey and to be able to speak to me straight in that journey and to that heart's cry to walk out whole um, is really what Steve was just praying in tongues over me and that's really what I felt was happening, that it was, I just can't be bothered anymore <laughs> carrying around stuff that I don't want to carry around, and I can't be bothered anymore not being a whole person, so it was just, it was so reassuring for me, and so exciting for me that Jesus is in that process, because when you're working stuff out, it can often feel that it's not, you know, Jesus's other, but it was really reassuring that Jesus was in that process, and he was calling great stuff out of me and allowing me to let go of stuff that I need to let go of. So that was really special for me. And it's still kind of something, there's not a lot of space in that moment to process all of that. So there's still things I'm just kind of journaling and working through on that. But it was a really, um, just amazing to find that Jesus was in the middle of that mess anyway. And that wholeness was kind of his answer for me. So that was awesome. Thank you. Legend. One of the things I'm most proud about, so Charlotte's part of our senior leadership team and obviously um, a central part of our our, um, leadership structure of our church. One of the things I'm most proud about when it comes to our leadership team is their humility of heart. And and they lead by example in terms of allowing God into those deep spaces. Um, I'm going to invite Nick Hudson up. He's going to share a quick uh, uh, testimony. And as he does that, just listen to this. I was reading this in the book recently. God's forgiving, redeeming, restoring touch reaches down into the darkest crevices of our souls, those places where we are most ashamed, most defeated. More than this, those crevices of sin are themselves the places where Christ loves us the most. 
How good is he? How good? All those bits were ashamed of. He loves going there so he can bring his healing. Isn't he good? All right, let's give Nick another golf clap, please. Good morning, everybody. All right, so, um, yeah, I've spent a long time um, struggling with anxiety in the past and current. Um, and so right now there's a lot of faces looking at me. So I, I actually felt like the Lord, um, the Lord spoke earlier to me and just said, just see my face in all of them. So I'm just looking at some real love right now. Um, so there's a couple of little things that came up for me. Um, one of them was that um, our relationship with the Lord is based on his love for us, not our love for him. So you could be having like a terrible day, you're not getting your quiet time, you're not talking, you're not praying, and the week goes by. Imagine how your spouse would feel. You know, they'd be, they'd be pretty ripped. But God's not like that at all. Your relationship with him is based on how he feels about you. And with that, there was a scripture that did come up, which unfortunately I, I missed it, but someone might be able to help me out later with that, where um, talks about him pursuing us. And that, that word pursue was the same um, same Hebrew word for pursuing the enemy. Now, what that brought for me later um, when I was thinking about it was um, when they fought, they didn't just push a button and fire missiles at each other. They were in each other's faces. They, there, was, there was blood, there was guts, there was sweat. You were literally fighting for your life with your own hands and weapons. And when one of, them, um, one of, them, one of the armies saw that they were losing, they took off and the Lord said, you know, pursue them, go after them. So you can imagine with all the, um, the morale that's going on, the adrenaline, and like, you know, we're coming, we're, we're coming after you. And, and that's how the Lord pursues us. And it's just like, oh my gosh, he's pursuing me like that. And it was just amazing. And then later on, um, my beautiful wife, who's not here this morning, um, did some amazing Zumba. Um, and, uh, and then there was Thrasherside with Ross. <laughs> Now, I love, I love Ross's spirit and his heart. Where is he? There he is. He can, I feel like I'm the opposite of Ross. Like, he can just, like, he can just go all out and doesn't care. Whereas for me, like, the anxiety and, and in a way, it's self-centeredness as well, just sort of worries about that sort of thing and worries about how people, what they see in me, what, what um, I look like to them. And so I was like, yeah, I'm totally not going to do that. But what I will do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to film it for some people so they might get to see it. And if you did watch the video, um, you might hear in the background Ross says um, something like, um, just pretend like no one's watching. And then you'll hear me say in a very sarcastic voice, yeah, but, but yeah, no one's watching. <laughs> With my camera. <laughs> and then I sort of, I filmed a little bit of it and then I put it down. And then I was just thinking, man, this Jesus is up there with each and every one of them. And yes, he's here with me, and he's okay with, to chill with me watching them, but he would love me up there with him, and I would love to be up there with him as well. And so it took a lot of courage, and then Guns N' Roses to come on, <laughs> take me down to the Paradise City. And um, I was just like, oh, I love the song. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Lord. And so I was up there, and we were, we were wailing, and it was so cool. And I just, I didn't care how I felt, and it was great. Thank you, Lord. Awesome, Nick. That's choice. 
love that God healed you in thresh size. That's just such a, such a, through guns and roses, no less as well. So um, I love that passage. It's, uh, it's actually from Psalm 23. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. It's like that sense of pursuing. Like you're here this morning and God is pursuing you with his love and his goodness. He wants to invade your life with that. So awesome. All right. And then lastly, Marie's is going to share um, just a couple of thoughts and well, yeah, reflections from her journey over camp. So let's give Marie a warm welcome. It's so good celebrating the goodness of God. And um, yeah, camp was really significant for me. And um, just to give you a little bit of context, um, I my sort of last seven years have been marked by a few challenges. Um, lost our home, lost our business, lost my marriage. It was just sort of a string of events that was outside of my control. And I guess like through it all, like I so can testify to the goodness of God, like in all of that and his provision and his ability to build character in me and all of those beautiful things. But I guess through it all, I've always carried this sort of sense of, um, that scripture, I really relate to it and I'm sure many can, that um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And um, yeah, I guess I, I've kind of carried that and I've had a sort of a bit of a self, um, like preserving my, myself in terms of just don't wish for anything, don't hope for anything, don't believe that life could be better because that way you can't be disappointed. But um, when Steve spoke at camp and he was talking about how Jesus comes to serve us and his beautiful humility and he's there and he, you know, he's, he's talking about when Jesus came to wash the disciples' feet and he's got his apron on and he's, you know, but just, you know, I could just, straight away when he started that message, I could just sense like that, you know, he was in the room and he had his apron on and he was like, what can I do for you? What do you need? Um, yeah, and I just felt this, you know, and these are tears of joy because I felt like God gave me a new gift of hope. And it isn't this whimsical, eerie, fairy hope, but a hope is a deep trust in God, like that I can dream again and I can hope again. And yeah, that, you know, and Steve talked about this um, hashtag, um, I think, better life. And, you know, part of me was, like, cynical, like, don't preach me, like, um, God, you know, like, um, yeah, that, you know, life of Jesus is better kind of thing, like, just, you know, but I just knew that, for me, that that's what God wanted to speak to me, like, life will get better in there, your best days haven't been, but your best days are head ahead. Um, yeah, so I just want to encourage, because I know for many of you can relate to that scripture, you know, um, yeah, that... Um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, you know, life throws us all kinds of challenges that are out of our control. But just that you can trust in the goodness of God. And as um, Nick's already shared, you know, like his goodness, I just had that sense of the goodness of God is chasing me down. You know, like it's not like about how tightly I can hold on to God. And, you know, through it all, I've tried to trust God the best I can. But it's like it's actually it's him holding me. And it's him holding you in your circumstance and in your challenges. Like he wants better for you. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to trust him. And so, yeah, I hope you feel encouraged. But I, yeah, I just felt like I walked away from camp with this deep sense of hope, but also joy. And June will testify to this because I talked to her about camp. It's like, I'm leaving before that 70s party <laughs> on Sunday night. Because one, I hate dress ups and two, I hate dancing. So, but I just felt like by the time that rolled around on Sunday night, like the joy of God and that new sense of hope, um, it's like, who cares? We'll celebrate. Like, you know, God's alive and he's doing good things in our lives right here, right now. So, yeah, great time. You know, God worked in the mundane things of 
um, yeah, like the dancing and the 70s party, like goals at work and all of it. So, yeah, I encourage you, get to camp if you can next year. Thanks, Marie. That's awesome. And I know they, I mean, that's just three of, of, I think most people left camp having deeply encountered, you know, like you have a nice moment with God, but the deep healing of God. And um, that was my story, you know, I went to camp um, not expecting that I needed, you know, classic pastor, classic Pharisee, uh, pretty sorted, you know, don't, that's why I'm running this gig, you know, and like, you know, no need for healing here. And then like, part, and, and if you watch the video or if you're at the meeting, you know, I mean, just partway through a sermon, I'm like barely holding it together in terms of messy tears and, you know, loud grieving, groaning and all that. And my mum, who's a wild Pentecostal, I was like, oh, no, I'm turning into my mum. <laughs> a lot of groans, too deep for words and all that. And, um, and just enormously healing, enormously healing in, deep, in, in a deep way. And I actually didn't know I needed, needed that touch from God, but I actually desperately did. And sometimes we can actually lose sight of the state of our soul because it just gets normal. It's just our normal experience. And then God comes and says, no, there's healing, there's more, there's hope. And uh, part of the reason I wanted to share some testimonies this morning is because we'd love to pray for you if, if you need that. Like, like um, this stuff's caught, not taught, you know? So it's like... Um, there are people in the in our church this morning filled with faith because of what God did over the course of last weekend, and we would just love to pray for you at the end of the service today that there'll be that fresh sense of engaging with God and His kingdom. Um, I, I, as we kind of come into land this term, I want to reflect on this term a little bit. Um, we started this year with our vision series, uh, which we always do. Uh, we then went into 21 days of prayer and fasting as we... Um, as we also looked at the Stations of the Cross as a, as a Lenten journey. Uh, we started that 21 days of prayer and fasting with 24 hours of prayer that we had uh, in, uh, in the room here. Uh, and then um, I found you know, that, that 21 days um, really powerful. Uh, and, um, and it's good to, to, like there are seasons in life when it's about celebration and we're in one now after the resurrection. Uh, and, but there are seasons of repentance and reflection and, and choosing not to uh, overindulge and to have too much Burger King and to, you know, to do, and to, in fact, the opposite of fast and to pray and seek God. And so, um, you know, in the Western world, we just want life to be a celebration, but that's not healthy. And so we've, the church calendar helps us have these rhythms. And so that, it's been beautiful. And, uh, and all of that really culminated in our church camp over Easter last weekend. But for me, there was a lot more going on because it was actually part of the wider context of the three years that we We've been journeying as a church, and um, and I cried a lot. I've given up trying to stop. Uh, cried a lot during camp. It wasn't just um, in the meetings where again I got surprised by God, um, and He loves sneaking up on us. Um, but you know there were times. I remember um, I was just in the kitchen and I looked out the window and I saw one of my friends who's really struggled with depression and anxiety, and he was laughing. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. You know, the kingdom's breaking in. And then I was in bed uh, um, reflecting on the day. I didn't sleep very well over camp um, just because I think there's so much going on in my head. But I was just thinking of the journey that me and the Buxtons have taken as we moved up here and all the sacrifice and all the, uh, the struggles that there have been over time. And then I was looking around at the goodness of God looking around at his good, and I was like, it's so worth it. It's just so worth it for what you've done, you've done God, the sacrifice. And uh, 
the pain that we've gone through at times to be radically obedient to God, to leave a city that we were well established in with a comfortable job and pastoring and all that, and to move to a region we didn't know anyone, and to just faithfully follow God, and we've just seen His provision. And, um, and I was looking around, and it was like over last weekend for me, it was like this is what the dream was. This is what we. This is the dream. And I know this is so brutal for those that didn't come, and this is definitely a way of us trying to make sure you come next year. But um, do we have a tissue floating around? I've got a little snot burger forming. Oh, there we go. Sorry, well, one sec, please uh, just talk amongst yourselves. All right, you can stop talking now. Um, and here's, here's why, because when we planted this church, it was like we want, we want this to be, one of our values is, is depth. We want this to be a place of depth. So we want to like explore the deep things of life. We don't want to skim along the surface on every level. We want to go there theologically. And even like with, uh, with an unexpected death this week, I'm like, there are subjects we need to look at and talk about rather than just pretend they're not there. Our faith helps us. And so over the weekend, I, I, I reason I'm such good friends with Steve Love and the Pieces is because it's just like drinking from a fire hose when it comes to the scriptures that he just kind of, you know, that he gives us. And then it's like, but there's this kind of depth to his life because of the constant choice for Jesus that he's made over the years. Going to the Philippines to, to minister in the slums of Manila. I know some of the stuff that's happened in his family and some of the struggles that he's gone through in terms of having to trust God through deep stuff. I know that a number of years ago, at a, at a late stage in his life, he once more cashed everything in to be radically obedient to God, even though he didn't know where God was even calling him at that point. I mean, that's the sort of, so there's this kind of depth that's there, but also we were, we're like, there's a depth of relationship we want in a very lonely culture. And going away to a campsite where there's no cell phone reception and there's plenty of time enables us to, ha- to have some depth of, of, of relationship and community. So I'm like, this is what I signed up for. This sort of community, this is what I want. I love seeing the people minister in the prophetic. We, I saw some of the most accurate words in the prophetic I've seen in many, many years over the weekend. Freaky stuff. Like freaky. There's some stuff that I, I don't want to go public on just yet, but I will be telling you about in, in, in months or years to come. In terms of words that were spoken over me in camp by the prophetic that I'm like only a handful of people know about. Jen's going to tell a story about a similar way. For uh, many of you that got ministered to in the prophetic, it was just like, whoa. But more than that, it was empowering. So I love seeing a whole lot of people in our church get equipped in terms of just everyone can hear the voice of God to bless another person. That is every believer's uh, gift that we can have. And so guys that got inspired over last weekend, do not let your tools get rusty. Use them every Sunday. Great time to practice. Let's stay active on that stuff. And so I was just so thrilled with the empowering of releasing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I loved that there was joy uh, as we gathered together. One of our values is joy. Joy, depth and peace are our three big values. And they all got manifest. And joy, it was, you know, it wasn't just in the party, even though I'll talk about that in a second, but it was just all the time there was silly business going on and I approve. I love it. I love the thrasher size. I love the Zumba. I loved all the stuff that was going on. There was so much joy, the, um, the, the, um, the sumo suits and the fact that the kids quickly got relegated to the adults having some, <laughs> Luke, uh, having some, you know, uh, sort of challenges there and the bouncy, all that sort of stuff. But yes, it also on that party, uh, because as uh, we pitched, we had the 70s party, and like Marie and like others, I'm not a massive dress-up dance guy. That's just not my vibe. I'm more introverted. Jen jokes that party Sam comes out maybe once or twice a year at the most. But it's like, but there are certain times, and I'm fine with it if I know it's coming. There's certain times where it's like we choose joy. Yeah. 
And Resurrection Sunday should be one of those days where we dress up and look a bit silly and dance even though it's only once a year sort of event. And it's like we get in there. And more than that, for sometimes we actually need to have not just joy that bubbles, but defiant joy. Sometimes joy is an overflow. Sometimes joy is a choice. And what moved me about Marie's testimony, and I saw this in a few other people on that night, is that they were dressing up and dancing as a big screw you to the circumstances that they're living through and that they're going through in the attack of the enemy. And it's like, you cannot rob me of my joy. We're going to dance. We're going to celebrate. We're going to to rejoice because He has risen. And so sometimes you need to choose defiant joy. It's like, it's like I am not coming under these circumstances. I'm getting above the circumstances. And one of the ways I can do that is by choosing joy. Uh, uh, peace is, is the other uh, one of our, our values there. And, and what I loved and I loved hearing feedback around this is that we had lots of chill time. It wasn't like meeting, meeting, meeting. It was like we had lots of time just to chill. And man, we live in a rush, stressed, anxious world. Most of us have too much on our plates. And there were, there were times without hallelujah, no cell phone reception. It needs to most be like a key box we've got to tick for any future venue. It's like so that we could detach from the news cycle and the angst and the social media and the constant comms and just be. And surrounded by people that we love, surrounded by a God that loves us and just to, to be still in the presence of God. And supremely for me, the joy was seeing people encounter the love of God, myself included, filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, uh, finding deep healing, from deep wounds that only God could in His grace minister to and set us free. Um, the, the camps, and this is, well, I think we're going to call it a camperance because it's more than just a camp. It's like a, it's like a mini conference. So it's going to be like a camperance, which, which we're now going to have to have every year somehow. Um, but the beautiful thing about those moments, and those of you that were there will know this is true, is that it is a foretaste of, of the kingdom in its fullness. It's like, this is the way the world is meant to be. This is, the, this is what God wanted when He created the world. What did God want in Genesis 1? He wanted to be near His people, and He wanted His people to love and steward the world and to love one another. And like when you're at a camp, like the beautiful thing is that you actually, it becomes a very thin place because rather than just a morning like we're having this morning and then you all got to shoot home and we get back into our crazy lives, like it's like you have a meeting and then you have some more, chill a little more, have a little nap, play some sumo, whatever, jump on the bouncy castle and then have another meter encounter God's love and it builds and it builds. And before you know it, you just, you're just in the presence of God. For some people, it's like I could just see it's like you're just swimming in it all, all day. And, uh, and that's the way it's meant to be. It's a foretaste. It's a glimpse. And we are actually called to be people that live in the presence of the future. Does that make sense? We are called, the, the church is called to be the place that lives in the presence of that future reality. We're, we're meant to be the people, and we are, thank, by His grace and by His empowering, a bunch of people that show the world this is what it's meant to be like. Now, do we make mistakes and do we fall short of that ideal? Amen, we do all the time. Back up the table. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. It's not about our goodness, it's yours. But Lord, help us be transformed from glory to glory. Help this community to become the body and the bride of Christ that displays what the kingdom of God is all about. That's our calling. 
That's what we're meant to be. And yet in the midst of it, you come back into real world, right? And it's like, and there's just the fallenness and the brokenness of our world is there for all to see. What Beth and the guys at William Colenso have gone through this week is horrific and is just a sign of the darkness in our world. And then and, and, and the sin and the and the and the and it's just all that stuff. And hearing about, you know, Ahani and this emergency that went down there, and I'm like, this isn't the way it's meant to be. You know, and you're like, oh, there's this and and that this tension we sit in is a biblical tension. God has come in Jesus. He has begun a new world in the midst of the old one. And, but he will bring that work to completion on the day of Christ. Until that day, we are, we are called to be people that continue to lean in and press in to see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. That's the mandate of the church. So we keep choosing, we keep fighting, we keep praying, we keep interceding. This is the passage that King hit me one night. Steve didn't preach about this, but I got hit with this in one of our talks. and It's just bounced around in my head ever since. And uh, it's from Galatians, it says this. Galatians 6, 7 to 10 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Now let me pause there, because that's not the main thing I want to speak to, but this is the context which is important. Paul is saying basically every single one of us are in a giant experiment as to whether God can be trusted or not. And so it's like, where are you going to sow? Where are you going to invest your time, your heart, your energies, your attention? What are you going to orientate your life around? Now, the secular experiment says that uh, about the, so the flesh here isn't like doing naughty things. It's like it's this kingdom of this age that we live in. So it's like so the so the flesh isn't like oh, I'm drinking too much, looking at porn. Even though you shouldn't do that, please, you know, don't hear me loud and clear. The flesh is like. I want to try and subscribe to a system that says I can have security by the money in my bank, or I can buy, or my significance comes from how promoted I am at work, or how 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 well known I am, power, fame, money, all those things. So that's the whole thing. So the question is, do you invest in that, and it will let you down? Now, most of us know this intuitively or have experienced it. It's just not a great place to put your hope, to put your treasure. Jesus came came to say there is another way. Now, none of those things, apart from some of the very naughty things, are wrong. But seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus says, right? So so there's this this battle raging constantly in all of us. Do we trust? Where are we going to sow? And and, and what's true is that uh, you reap. At some point, you're going to cash in whatever you've sowed into. And if it's into all the stuff of our society and our secular world, then Ecclesiastes tells us it's just all meaningless. And you, you're, you're left in the ashes. Like Steve said, you know, you've realised you've been climbing up the ladder, but it's not even on the right wall. And you've been kind of putting all your stuff into this energy, and it's like it's not even on the right wall. And you get to the top, you realize, oh, I'm meant to be over there. My family's paid the price. My kids have paid the price. My soul's paid the price. And I'm not fully alive, right? And so again, this is just the sowing and reaping thing. And God uh, respects our free will. He's like, you're cool. You, you, you know? And so uh, Paul's trying to exhort us here. If you sow into the things of the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Again, eternal life, we read that because of a whole lot of platonic stuff in the Middle Ages, and we think eternal life going to heaven. Eternal life is the life of God breaking into the present. So you sow into the things of the Holy Spirit, there's something of that life of the Spirit that starts to manifest itself now, and you reap a harvest in the present. 
Now listen to this, it goes on. So let us not grow weary. No, sorry, actually, little asterisks there. Sometimes rubbish stuff happens. Marie's story, lots of stories, where it's like, that's not sowing because of what, that's not, you're, not, you're not reaping because of what you sow. That's just life and brokenness and fallenness of our world in which we live hitting you. And we've got to be careful we don't confuse life and God. God's good. Life is not a lot of the time, right? So we've got to make sure we don't get confused there. And, so, and you've got to have some wisdom here and it's not black and white. And you've got to try and suss out what's going on here. Is this just a fallen word or am I reaping some stuff because I've been sowing into all this stuff and it hasn't actually... But this is the thing that hit, King hit me. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap our harvest time if we do not give up. So then whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those of the family of faith. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time. I, I just, that passage has just resonated with me so hardcore in the last couple of weeks, last week. Because I'm like, we didn't give up, thank goodness. Luke, we didn't give up. Blair, we didn't give up. Stephen, June, we didn't give up. It's been tough. There's been challenges. It hasn't been worth it. And then you have moments like camp where you're like, this is what I signed up for. Here's the harvest. We didn't give up. Here's the harvest of God's goodness, of people encountering the love of God, of the joy, the peace, the depth, all that stuff I was talking about. I was like, we did not give up. And we're starting to crack through into something now as a church. That's like a whole lot of new life. Oh, I love it. Whoo. Don't give up. Paul exhorts the church in Galatians not to become weary of doing good. Why? Because you can get weary of it. It's like, you know, like we're gonna, I'm we're gonna turn up at 7 p.m. tonight at the Pyramid Lounge. And I'm gonna keep on praying for God to pour out his spirit in the bay, to pour out his spirit on our church. I'm gonna keep turning up. And it's like, and there's only five or six of us. Normally I'd love a whole lot more people there because I want us sowing into the eternal. I want us to sow. And sometimes I'm like, God, is this even doing anything? Is this, you know, getting weary of just, is this even? And it's like, yeah, Harvey, you wait, hang in there, mate. Hang in there. And you start seeing something of God's kingdom break in more and more and more. Paul says, don't give up. Don't, don't get weary. Don't get weary of the, of, the, of the fallenness that we wade through. Don't grow weary of moving these chairs every Sunday so that people can come into this place and encounter the glory of God. Don't grow weary of turning up. So just keep turning up and see what I can do. And that for me, I've come out of camp. It's interesting because normally you have like post-camp high, right? I just had post-camp like peace vibes. I was like, ah, oh, there's been no low. It's like, because I didn't actually get that high in the sense I've just saw the goodness of God and I'm like, I'm, that, all that's done has made me go, I want to keep on being faithful to what he's called us to do because this is a glit. We see these breakthrough moments. And so this is why I want to encourage you this morning to not give up. Good on you for turning up to church this morning. Some of you, that was a battle. Keep turning up. I'm proud of the people that undenied about coming to camp because it was outside of their comfort zone, but they turned up. And I've talked to those people because I knew who they were and they were blessed and it was worth it. They kept turning up. So we want to keep turning up. We want to keep praying. We want to keep exercising, right? I got back. I'm running a half marathon in six weeks and this week I was like, oh man. I was running this week. I'm on six weeks. I've got to go through hell again. I've signed up for this half round because I got moved COVID a bunch of times. And I'm like, I'm, I used to be fit and then like I don't, then like once the marathon thing training's over, then it's like, I don't, then I just stop running. And then I'm like, I have to start from scratch again and I'm all discouraged. And it's like, no, 
keep turning up, Harvey. Because <laughs> the difference between me and my wife is that she's turned up so long, so consistently, it's now her default rather than the thing I have to fight for. So my wife has had an appendix operation and has got a bung, uh, fractured elbow and all that. She's having to rebuild her fitness, but it's a different menta- it's a different situation because she's by default doing the stuff every day that gets her fit. Whereas I'm having to fight for it still. I'm turning 40 this year. <laughs> still fighting for it. And I'm like, I'm just not going to stop fighting for holistic life. For, for, uh, I'm going to keep turning up to read my Bible. I'm going to keep going to vulnerable places in my soul with people. I'm going to keep turning up to church camp or home church or church, whatever it may be, or upper click. I'm going to keep practicing this way of Jesus. I'm going to keep turning up. I'm going to keep putting my treasure into the places that I know they should go and then saying, Lord, would you make my heart follow where I'm putting my attention and my focus? I want to keep turning up. And so I want to encourage you this morning, for some of you, keep praying for your kids that have wandered from God. Keep fighting for your devotional life. Keep prioritizing your marriage. Keep turning up because there will be a harvest. This is the promise. There will be a harvest. We saw something last weekend that for me was the dream before we even left Christchurch. It was like, this is what I wanted. This is what I gave everything for, that it would feel like this, like God's kingdom tangibly breaking in. And like we've got dreams for this church and for this region, and we've just kept turning up. And I'm proud of that. We're starting to build some endurance muscles. We're going to run the race with perseverance because it's worth it for the prize that he's got before us. And so we're going to keep turning up. I, um, I uh, took down our um, pool uh, yesterday, outdoor pool. You know, we've got one of those warehouse ones that we stick up. And it's always this moment of grief, right? You're like, oh, man, winter, you know, and all fires, and rubbish compared to summer and man who's in the pool and all that. Um, and so here's what it looks. So those of you, some people know um, how much I love my lawn. <laughs> so that's what I look at from our window now, at our top thing. And so like, I literally, I took it down yesterday and then I'm like, all right, straight to Mitre 10. And I'm like, I'm buying grass seed and I'm like, we're going we're gonna to get on this as quick as we can because last year I just didn't, I didn't get on it quick enough. And I'm like looking at the forecast, pretty warm, good grass growing conditions. I reckon we're going to be all right. And so I sowed a whole bunch of grass there yesterday, friends. And, and trust me, I'm, I was watering it this morning for church. I was watering it last night. I was grateful for the rain yesterday. And I'm going to be on this. And here's the interesting thing is that, uh, and it's a classic biblical metaphor, but it's like, I feel confidence the grass is going to turn up. If I keep watering it, that grass is going to turn up. Hallelujah. Who says like watching grass grows boring? It's thrilling. It's so exciting. At a certain point, if you get, when they're really little, you get on the right angle and you start to see it. You're like, ooh, there's grass there. You can't see it from another angle, but you see it from that right angle and you just keep watering. And, that, and you know what's a story? It's a picture of faith. And I'm like, there are dreams we have that many people would come to faith here in the Bay. That we've got dreams about Marae Nui and, and they have not died. We are, we are continuing to pray and strategic stuff and, bless, and awesome, building awesome whanau and all that. We've got dreams for our worship culture and we saw little pockets of that you know, poking out over the weekend where I'm like, we've hung in there, mate. You know, and Matt, you know, you signed up to play guitar and the kick drum most weeks, but every now and then we've got a drummer and a full band. And it's like, we've got dreams around, but more than that, it's a culture of worship in our church and songwriting and there's dreams that God's given us. And I'm like, I have faith that we're going to see it. Um, it's not, it's not, I'm, I just know because before we left Christchurch, I knew that one day we'd be in a church that felt like it did last weekend. 
Like I felt it before we left. Hebrews says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Like I knew I'd felt it. I'd been at camp three and a half years before we were even at camp and with a church that just feels like heaven, you know, breaking into, into earth. So I have confidence. And that's where it's like, yes, Marie, dream again. Yes, people that have, that have been like, you're like, where is that breakthrough in my life, on my marriage, or my devotional life, or on whatever it may be? Keep contending. Keep choosing. Don't grow weary of the fight that is just normal when there's an enemy trying to rob you of life. Keep turning up. Keep choosing it. And we will see a harvest. Hallelujah. We will reap a harvest. It's so thrilling. To, to be part of God's kingdom. It's so exciting. And we are, we are part of that. And that's our dream. That's our dream is that we would, we would be part of this epic adventure. And you know, the, you know where the, the fun is with, with following Jesus and God's kingdom? The fun is when you're all in. Like when you're not all in, it's a bit weird, to be honest. And it's a, it just feels a bit, uh. but when you've gone all in, that's when it gets exciting with Jesus. His constant invitation is go all in. We've got these uh, couple of photos from our dance party. And for me, it's, it's, I love this, these pictures because they are, do you want to bring them up, Ian? Because they are a picture of people that have gone all in. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. It's just like the sense of we are all in. There's only four of this and the tick bar one the best dressed. And there's a Harvey for the once a year dance. It's like, They'll rotate around. But what I love about it is that sense of like, this is, we're all in. That night, those that were there were all in. Uh, and and the, the life of Jesus is found when we're all in. He actually, you know, he in Revelation, you know this whole thing of like, you know, if you look warm, it's just a horrible place to be. Like, it's the whole thing of like being spat out. It's like, you're just, you're just, it's that you're best just to like go either way extremo, you know? And like Jesus always calling us to be those wild Christians. That's where the life is, friends. And then I know there's a battle for some of you where it's like, do I, can I go? Can I just implore you with everything I can every Sunday? Go all in with Jesus. Pom poms are out. The life is found when you go all in with Jesus. It's so thrilling. Uh, Kieran, on the he asked, he said I could share this. As he's driving out of camp, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Rand, I love it. Like just first, I just love it. It's just an unorthodox place for that sort of stuff to happen. Driving out of camp, filled with the Holy Spirit. So then he's just driving along, praying in tongues a whole lot, having a little shaking bake session in his, uh, in his uh, van loaded to the gunnels with all of our church gear. And just, you know, and he's like, what's going on? What's going on? And then, uh, and then the car in front of him had a car accident. Swerved all over the road. It turns out the woman had uh, a seizure and, uh, and crashed right in front of him. And so Karen pulls over. I was like, Karen, you got to share this story. He's like, I'm not the one that does the preachies. You do the preachies, bro. I'll do the soundies. Uh, so that's why I'm telling it. And it's like, and Karen's filled with the peace of God and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And so everyone else sort of doesn't know what to do and is all sort of doesn't go near the car. Karen bowls on them, they're bold as, filled with the peace of God, filled with his Holy Spirit, big rock wheeler going crazy in the back seat, uh, in the front seat and the rest of it. And, and he's just, and he's caring for and looking after this woman that's having the seizure, that's had an accident. And it's like God put him in that place for that moment. And it's like, then I turn up and I drove past it on the way back because we'd been packing, uh, packing down. And I see the accident and the rest of it, you know, and you pray a little shotgun prayer. I'll pray you just be there. And then you'd get home. And then like Karen's there and I'm like, and he told me the story. And it's just like, whoa, bro, that's mental. 
gentleman. Like this. But then I'm like, this is a picture of what the kingdom of God's like. It's exciting. It's so much more fun when you're all in. When you're like, Holy Spirit, fill me today so that I can see your kingdom come. And it's very addicting. It just becomes so thrilling where you're like, oh, I'm all in. I'm investing into this church. I'm investing into the things of the kingdom. I'm, I'm, my life is orientated around Jesus. It's so thrilling. The danger is that we can get so addicted to the thrill that we stop building the kingdom the king's way and we build it the world's way where we get exhausted again. And if God can't, if, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Same effects. Destroys your soul and mucks up all your relationships all around you, right? Same effects. Busyness and sin, same effects in terms of your world. And so I, all this week, it's been like God's like, build the kingdom the king's way, Harvey. I know this is exciting. And I say this for all of us that are in that space. I know this is exciting. But we build the kingdom the world's way. We come under the lordship of the king and he says, rest. That the kingdom power is released from people that can rest well. And so as we, as we um, came out of camp, um, I think part of the reason... I didn't have the massive camp high is because I'm not dependent on those moments anymore. Back in, in our early years, I think we're dependent on high moments, either on a Sunday or in a camp or a conference, whatever. But there's a, there, it's time we develop our own root systems, and many of us are pursuing that. And so as I came out of camp, it was like, all right, we're back to the daily devos where I meet with you every day in silence and solitude often, as I open your word and you speak to me. All right, we're back into rhythms of Sabbath rest, even though I've got all the excuses in the world about why I should work every day, particularly with some of the pastoral stuff going on. I choose to rest because it's one of the great commandments. It's in the Ten Commandments. It's your heart. You lived it, Jesus. I'm going to keep living that. I don't do that out of religion. I do it from grace. You invite me and I choose to live your way. And so it's like, all right, we're back into these rhythms. And this is, this, these are the things that can sustain me. Back into those moments of engagement. I love highs. I love this moment. I savour them. I want to suck the life out of them. He's here when we gather. But friends, we've got to play the long game. We've got to play the long game. Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful to what he's called us to. Let's be faithful. Let's not grow weary in doing good. Matt, let's continue to invest into our worship. Blair, let's keep on praying and investing into our prayer. Let's keep on praying for what I knew and praying for God's kingdom to come. Let's keep reorientating our lives around the person of Jesus and making the big life calls that we have to make sometimes in obedience to him. Let's keep choosing that. I just want to, I want to honour Stephen June this morning again. Um, and a lot of people don't know this. They don't get paid a cent by us. You know, uh, they should be, well, they wouldn't be sitting on cruise ships, but they, you know, if pre-COVID, <laughs> that was probably, you know, sit on cruise ships, go to Zumba, go for a bike every now and then, you know. And, um, and they've chosen to orientate their life around Jesus in their retirement years and serve us as a church hugely sacrificially with skills and gifts that we really need. I really need. <laughs> uh, poor guys. Um, and I'm like, I just love their example, you know, and I love that they, and, and it's like, it doesn't get any easier. And they know this. I know this. Steve Graham knows this. So you guys know this. You just got to keep choosing Jesus. So I'm not going to grow weary of choosing Jesus because it is worth it. There are seasons of sacrifice. There are seasons where we're like, are we going to see what we're going to see because we don't see the grass popping up yet. But if we continue to pray, continue to choose his way, we will reap a harvest. We will reap a harvest and we will see the kingdom break in more and more. Amen. Let's stand together.